You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 102 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and this is the show for March 2022. Uh, it is not a solo show this month. I am, in fact, joined by a special guest. Um, we had uh, our special guest on quite recently with his uh, partner in crime, Antonio. So who am I teasing? I am teasing Ward Rosen. Ward, welcome back. It's great to be here. I'm glad to talk to you today, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy to have you um, solo, um, as opposed to with uh, with Antonio. It's nice to talk to you one on one, and you have very kindly agreed to do one of our little mini uh, sort of series within a series episodes, where a photographer comes on and shares their love of another photographer with me and with the audience. And I know you're a very keen owner of photo books, and you know you you enjoy. His, you know, the work of other photographers um, and learning from it and analysing it and looking at it. So I thought you'd be a really good guest for this segment and you were kind enough to agree. So who are we learning about today? Well, first of all, maybe I should say that the the whole obsession with books comes from a way that I can, you know, deflect from my not getting out and working as much as I should photographically. <laughs> so sort of like I can get my I can get my fill of of oh yes this is all very good and everything it's a, maybe it's a bit of a crutch but um, yeah today uh, I thought we would talk about a German photographer uh, German born photographer she's became uh, kind of lived everywhere during her lifetime uh, she was born in Germany her name's Evelyn Hofer and um, she was uh, right in the thick of all of those you know street photographers that we uh, that Antonia and I know and love from the middle of the last century. Um, and she had a, she had a very interesting life. And um, back in 2004, the German publisher Steidel uh, created a retrospective that's a wonderful cross-section of her work, which is really the, the, the inspiration uh, for um, for my uh, my appreciation of her and uh, and you know who she was as a photographer throughout her lifetime. Cool. So yeah, so yeah, we talk about Evelyn Hofer today. Excellent. So I'm just Wikipedia her now because I I don't I don't look ahead because I sort of I want to be I want to be surprised um, and enjoy with the guests and. I'm just on the Wikipedia page. There's like a picture of some of her books. And one of the titles just leaps out at me. Uh, It says in giant big old caps, Dublin, a portrait. Yes. That's why I sort of why I picked her. I I was thinking of a couple of different photographers and I thought, you know what? Hofer has a, has an Irish connection. Why don't we, why don't we uh, explore that a little bit if you'd like? And yeah. uh, yeah, it was part of her, uh, part of several books that she came up with, she did a book on, well, on Mexico City, one on Florence, one on London, one, a couple on New York, uh, Washington, D.C. These are all in the 50s and 60s. And uh, and there's one for uh, called Dublin, uh, Dublin, a portrait. Her titles are and interesting. And she did photography. Like New York yeah, they Proclaimed. Are. That's a very, that's a very yeah. strange title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And The Presence yeah. of Spain. Hmm. 
It started with The Pleasures of Mexico in 1956, 57. That's a good title. And then like The that. Stones of Florence. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So she, uh, yeah, her book titles definitely have a bit of a rhythm to them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she, she, uh, you know, their, their whole, their, my appreciation of her as a photographer is really deep and wide, just the way she didn't work like other photographers of her era. And that's, uh, that's partly why, um, I really appreciate, you know, really like her work. So, so what did, so I, I, what did she shoot? I mean, if she's, she, she, she was born in 1951, so she would have been starting to shoot. Oh, she was born in 22. She was actually born oh, in 1922. Sorry, yeah. I can't read Wikipedia. Sorry. There's a picture I'll, of I'll, her, I'll, I'll, which says Evelyn Hoffer, <laughs> 1951, but that's how she looked oh. in 51. And she's quite a bit older than a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, she was born in Germany, in Marburg, Germany in 22. Family fled the the Nazis in thirty three when she was eleven years old. She was taking piano lessons. She didn't get into the uh, Paris Conservatory, so she switched gears to photography. Uh, and she worked. This was the, they moved. They went to Switzerland in, in thirty three. So she worked as an apprentice for for photographers in Basel and and Zurich, and then she learned color chemistry. Part of that, two two things came out of that experience. One was she started using. Um, um, four by five view camera, which he used her whole career. So the lion's share of the, so that, of okay, the so photographs that you're is that medium format four by five. Yeah, no, it's large format. So that's what you'd call the beginning of large format five by four. I guess you call it in Europe. Um, <laughs> or, uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so she should, you know, it's large format, you like field cameras and that sort of thing. Um, and she learned dye transfer printing, which is a horrendously complex um, method of sort of like um, you create a you know a cyan, magenta, or a red, green, and blue layer of emulsions, and then you process it, and then you print them like t-shirts, silk screening kind of thing. Except wow. it's a photograph, so the registration and all that has to be perfect. The thing is, the resulting prints are ink prints. They're not chemical prints so they're stable so oh. you get vibrant colors you get all that kind of stuff so when you look at her work and Ernst Haas was another practitioner of that uh, if you if you have any um, uh, you know in his color work yeah. so you can do whatever you want you can mute the colors or you can jack the colors up sort of like what we do now with uh, with our digital program, but it's a whole lot more difficult in those days um, so yeah so uh, basically she worked in a very professional, complex, um, high, what is it, high skill required way. And so when you think of that and you go through her work, you're like, oh, there's a lot going on here. So a lot of her photographs, um, uh, there seem to be a lot of bicycles with her with her subjects. Yeah, I, I've stuck fact, into Google image search and there is definitely an obsession with the bicycle. Not that I object. Needs to keep the subject still while she gets lined up. I don't know. I mean, there there could be a little trick to it, right? That's true. But um, I, you know, uh, and and um, they they say that she found her subjects as they came. But if she was setting up a four by five, like there's a picture of a a young man on his ten speed bicycle, and I think is in the late seventies or early eighties um, on his bicycle, 
Maybe he was just riding by when she was setting up the camera and she was just saying, hey, can I take your picture? I don't know. We don't know these these kinds yeah. of stories. But there's both an immediacy and a contemplation uh, for most of most of her images. And to think that they were all shot on a large format camera, I think, really adds to the adds to the uh, appreciation of her of her skill um, and abilities and I think people skills, too. Right. I'm thinking of um, – uh, I'm trying to think of another photographer who would – well, a generation or so before, there was another German photographer called August Sander. He took pictures between the second, uh, First and Second World War and um, his pictures, uh, they show the working man in Germany and, and children and, and um, you know, uh, women working in kitchens and so on. And there's a kind of an intensity to the stare of their subjects. They're like almost like a challenge to the viewer. And sometimes those pictures of Sander, they're they're great in terms of who these people are in their time. But there's a kind of a conflict or or uh, a tension that you feel in the photographs. With Hofer's images, they're very soft and they're almost dreamlike. And I think that's added uh, by hers. It's enhanced, I think, by her choice of light um for instance on the cover on the cover of the evelyn hofer book from 2004 it's a young girl i don't know how old she would be probably riding her older siblings or one of her parents bicycle stopped and turning back to look at the camera and this is a dublin photograph and there's always a, there's a gloomy quality to the sky and the, the colors are muted um and there's this kind of soft i mean you, you could stare at that picture for hours just both the combination of the level of detail and the and this sense of the day there, and you don't you don't really get that so much in a I don't think in in a Sander picture. There's just something rich about it, and the fact that she was working in color early, uh, I think really really adds something to it. Yeah, I've just I found um, yeah, I'll, I'll be wonderful. sticking these into the show notes. Um, so the the the, the nineteen uh, nineteen sixty six um, girl with the bicycle, Dublin nineteen sixteen. That's a very big bicycle for that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that is that is really quite something, and it's she's quite you know an amazingly sort of determined look. Um, staring into the camera, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. very very arresting image. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And and, and so many of her images like that, and it doesn't really matter the subject so much. Even, uh, you know, um, you know, a woman standing in the doorway b- beside a, a storefront. Um, you know, there's just it's not it's not confrontational at all. It's as if you were you were riding by or driving by, and you were looking back, and there was just somebody there. There's this kind of this wonderful immediacy to it. Um, you know, there's there's so much and and the color the color work reminds me a little bit i know um uh, antonio and i did a recording about um uh, about fred herzog a, Can- a german canadian yeah. photographer uh, in working in vancouver and there's some of that in there too there's storefronts and signs and and you know bricks and windows and curtains um that are just kind of the minutiae the the detail mundane detail of the street and well, uh, you know her, her new york pictures are are, are are wonderful too because they're they're fragments they're not they don't necessarily show she points a camera up sometimes which uh, uh which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't but there's nothing about the image that is is off-putting it's just a wonderful thing to look at as if you were driving by 
you know? Yeah, this really is like street, the, the essence of street photography. These are completely unposed, un unpretentious normality and yeah. not as a not a not as a pejorative um no as i mean the the irish obviously the irish images are completely catching my eye here um but i i am mm-hmm. used to seeing photographs of that era but not in color not in the and it's a it's right. a her 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 choice of how she processed the color is, is i'm trying to put my finger on what it is about it but it is definitely not faded because the red in the girl's stocking is like it's all there, right? That is that is yeah. that is as red <laughs> yeah. as it gets, and the pink in her jumper is very pink. And yet, yeah. there's a dreamlike, there's an unreality, and I can't put my finger on what it is because it's not that the white balance is off. It's something about the way she's processed that image. No, that it's is. a muted. There's something muted about it. Yeah. I wonder. I'm wondering if she differentially and, and processed to... bits of the image because, or maybe it's just the green is muted. Maybe that's it. There's, there's definitely something yeah, to it. Anyway, it's it, they're fascinating images, and they really do catch the eye. And I'm assuming the fact that she managed to get a very, very shallow depth of field on a wide shot is because she's shooting in that large format camera. Exactly. Yeah. And that's girl, another part of the charm and the dreaminess of of yeah. these images, right? Right. Because if you were yeah. stood there with your iPhone and you snapped that picture today, the the, the houses in the background would be sharp. Whereas here, they're yeah. just out of focus enough. That you can still see, the, you know, the red brick yeah. houses and that the dog is standing there watching the very empty street, actually. You wouldn't see that in Dublin today. <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact, yeah. no cars. Yeah. yeah. This is fascinating. Um, I can it see why yourself an and Antonio Saturday will be, morning or something. Yeah I, yeah. I can see why yourself and Antonio will be drawn to to Evelyn's work. This is, uh, yeah, I see why it appeals to you, to, to a street photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and the fact that, and the fact that, um, I guess uh, the, why I like the, the 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 retrospective book, this 2004 book, the most I think, because I just had like individual images that I've saved of hers without really much context. But what's great about this is you go from beginning to end; it's chronological. It's you know hits the high points of most of the projects she worked on throughout her lifetime, and you can see the evolution, and you can take a breath, like when you know. A particular chapter, if you want to call it a particular project, ends. You can know, take a breath, and then she's shifting into a different gear. And okay, now we go from being in London to being in Dublin, and so on. And you take all that in. Um, she wrote essays as well. Uh, she wrote a couple of essays about uh, you know the tribulations with Northern Ireland in the in the '60s, late '60s. Um, but the 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 essays that she writes, uh, you know, it's it, they're very informative, but they have they're nothing like the impact of the images that she's taking. Um, so it's good to read, like if you know that part of history that you may or may not know about, but just to see the people and to kind of see the the state, the kind of emotional state of the of the people uh, at that time. Um, it's pretty amazing. And again, non-threatening. You can take it all in. There's that wonderful lighting, you know, I don't know, it's like almost like a painting. And again, I think maybe that speaks to the dive transfer process, the portraits of, of the women that she uh, is taking pictures of uh, in that border town. Um, it's just, it's it's amazing. So was she working as a professional photographer or was her work something she did purely for the love of it? 
Well, she started. I mean, she was a. She started as a in that generation of photographers when she moved from like her family moved to Mexico City, and then four years after that, she moved to New York and she got a job with uh, Alexi Brodovich at Harper's Bazaar, which is you know Richard Avedon, uh, Kerry Winogrand, like all the you know some of the stars of the fifties and sixties yeah. uh, street photography scene, and so she was sent out for. Uh, for gigs for the for, for the magazine, but um, she was invited to do these projects around the world, and that's what Dublin was, that's what London was, that's New York was as well. Um, I believe she was funded by someone, and I hadn't really done that so, much so research. So they're commissioned to find works out, effectively. They're commissioned works, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, with with the London, certainly with the London, I think the New York, and certainly the Dublin, uh, she was paired with uh, um, V.S. Pritchett, the the literary critic, the English literary critic, uh, to write the text of the books, and then she would do the photography, and so that collaboration happened for three or four books that I know of, perhaps more. Yeah, I'm looking so at her it, Wikipedia it, here, and uh, Pritchett shows up next to her quite a bit. V.S. Pritchett. So the Dublin one, the London one. Um, no, then it changes. We've. Uh... Hang on, she has a title in Dutch. Spanja is also this. That's a that's a Dutch title. Spain, yeah. as it is. And there's, um, well, the Evelyn Hofer book, my favorite book, is a German language book, and it's it's, I believe it's a catalog uh, for the museum for the Villa Stuck, I think. Um, yeah, Museum Villa Stuck. So it's you know it wasn't even available in English. I'm fine with that. I have Google goggles. I can. I, well, if I need to translate for a, a photography book, I'm guessing you know the images kind of speak more loudly than the words. Anyway, exactly. well, actually, that's an interesting question. So these are books where effort has clearly gone into the words as well. If she's literally collaborating with someone to do the writing, so how? Yeah, what's how how important is the the text to the books then? Um, that's a good question. I mean, in terms of the book that I have, it's just, you know, Chrome. It's just like, here's how we, you know, cause this is a posthumous book. She right. passed away in 2009. The book came out in 2000. Oh no, she was still alive. She was, it was five years before she passed away. So maybe she, she, uh, I, I don't, I don't see any, any text in this particular book. That's really her, her hand. Um, it, it's the editor, uh, when she's talking about how she put that, you know, how she made the selections and so on and just thank yous and all that sort of thing. Um, the only other real text in here besides the titles of the different chapters is the text of the, uh, essays. Um, and they're, they're almost always in English because they appeared in, uh, in, uh, in American magazines. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's so, when you, when you look yeah. at her books on Wikipedia, some of them have explicitly text by text by, and some of them don't. So I'm guessing the so the one you mentioned there, the, yeah. the very very last one of the wonderfully ungoogleable title, Evelyn Hoffer, yeah. full stop, end of title, no subtitle, <laughs> nothing else to help you whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it it it, it uh, is still listed on this title um, website. But it is out of print, and right. I think you might be able to buy it. You just look for title, and it should you should be able to find one. Um, I think it was in there. I mean, if they started printing it in two thousand four, and they just ran out, I think I got this one two or three years ago. Um, they yeah. still had stock. 
And thankfully, Wikipedia lists the ISBNs, so that's probably a better oh, yeah. way to search for it than the title in this case. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Cool. So, yeah. Okay, so her, her first work would have then been in Mexico, because, um, so Mexico, so I'm just looking through here, so, less, oh, actually, it's even in Spanish, Les Encantos de Mexico, followed by the pleasures of Mexico, then the Stones of Florence, so, so off to Italy next, after, after Mexico City, um, then yep. Florence, so we're still in Italy, yep. then it's London, London, New York, New York, Dublin, Spain, 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 Washington, and then yeah. we're portraits, and then yeah, that's it. Then then we're into retrospectives. Quite uh, yeah, and then she did towards the end of her life. She did some uh, still life work too, which with the dye transfer process, there's uh, you know a wonderful painterly quality. You can you know you imagine that picture of the a young girl on the bicycle in Dublin. Well, imagine that to fruit and soft light. Like I mean, it would it would kill. They would yeah, look like the, the, the uh, Google you know, colored like paintings. Uh, just scrolling through the Google image search results, I just literally put Evelyn Hoffer into Google image search and scroll through it. And the, the still life that arrests my eye immediately is a plate of lemons with a basket of oranges uh, in a very darkly lit scene. So you have a very strong contrast between a very inky black background and these very, like, the colours really are stunning. Um, I know. <laughs> They're pretty good. Yeah, which for something of that age, I'm just not used to seeing that in, in older stuff. Um, I mean, another one that caught my eye earlier, I don't want to harp on on Dublin too much, but uh, she has one of a Dublin skyline in a, in a beautifully orange evening light um, with with a very, very Irish sky because it's, it's one of those skies in layers. So, you know, you have like thin, wispy white clouds high up in the sky and then low down some much, much thicker clouds. And then being 1960s Dublin, a whole other cloud of smog uh, <laughs> hugging the city uh, with the spires of the many churches popping out through it. Again, it's a wonderful use of colour, and I'm just not used to seeing colour photographs of Dublin with those old-style buses and, again, the keys with so few cars. It's, I mean, it, it's it's noticeably Dublin. I recognise it from the thumbnail immediately as the River Liffey in Dublin, but it's, yeah. it's a different Dublin. It's, it's uh, very appealing to me, I have to say. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the well, I love time travel. So yeah, that's certainly what this is. Yeah, and, and that's what these you know particularly color pictures will do that for you. Oh, Jeebus! Sorry, the, the link on the for the Dublin one is to a uh, I can buy a print. Uh, it's a sixteen by twenty oh. inch print. Do you want to guess how much I can buy this print for? I I can't imagine seventeen to nineteen thousand dollars. Uh I think, well, as much yeah. as I adore it, I think I shall pass. <laughs> Stick with this thumbnail. Maybe make it a background on your screen. Yeah, or something. Jesus. <laughs> well, good, good on you. Well, I guess not good on her anymore, right? But uh, still, it's an interesting sign yeah. of uh, of her work. Uh, so when did you? Yeah. So the still life you're saying is later in her career, or why is it career? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Well, I think she worked, if you don't mind. I'm just going to leaf through the book here and see if yeah. I can get a date for for these. Um... So, cities, so, yeah, interiors, uh, and still life. So, there's a collection here from photography-in.berlin. It's an interesting domain name. Yeah. And so, they're listing her still life as being from 1962 to 1997. So <laughs> Okay, so I've got here, um, I got still life in German here, 1992, 1996, 1997. 96, 97. I mean. And those are the final images in the book, are the still life images. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah. And so that that die trans die transfer <laughs> die transfer process it it has a very surreal effect. Um, yeah, oh, most interesting. Yeah, excellent. So, and you you obviously have the the physical book. So for you, yes. So what, actually, if you buy the physical book, how how big are the images that you get to enjoy? So the book is the, let's see, I was trying to figure out the dimensions of this book, but it's a hardcover. Um, it is, I don't know. It's like nine inches by 12 inches. Like it's a, it's a fair size, you know, it's, yeah, sorry, uh, the, the listeners can't see, but yeah, it it is. So, so when you're leafing through those, they're not they're not the size of a family photograph. Like they're they're no, they're the size they, of a hardback. It would be like a yeah, ten by eight. You know, some of them they're reproduced and sort of like ten by eight size. So they're 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 a fair size, but there are other you know why. There's also just reproductions of her essays in the magazines, and they have, you know, they're broken up into into little pieces like you'd see in a magazine. Yeah. But the lion's share of them, some are full bleach, some of them fill the entire page. Um, let's see if I can find someone later because she did do some, um, she did do some celebrity photography as well. Oh, celebrity um, photography. Yeah. So we have Andy Warhol with a dog, and so on. You know, there's. Interesting. And again, it's the same process, and the the you know that the you know his sort of the her muted her muted surroundings, but his his brightly colored tie, you know, striped tie. Um, yeah. So there's the, and those are full bleed; those uh, completely fill the page. So um, yeah, I've, I've yeah, managed to really find. Wonderful. I'll stick it in the show notes. I have the uh, the Warhol one. Goodness me, that's a very arresting uh, pose from world there that's 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 very striking actually and the, the, the again with those he, he's in a wooden room with with a moose head sticking up above him it's quite <laughs> it's quite the photograph but again the the rich warmness of the the paneled wood room uh, and it contrasts yeah. so strongly with the uh, very blue jeans it's it's yeah this the is blue not jeans in color. His this, shirt. this is shouty no, no it's, it's a muted environment but because they're not shouty colors, but they're maybe rich is a better word. How, how would you? Yeah, vibrant is vibrant. Vibrant, yeah. Too strong a word. Vibrant, yeah. I think vibrant works. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, nope, she's, she's very unique. Yeah, she really is. I mean, that, 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 if you if you were to tell me that the the Warhol picture was taken in a waxwork museum, I might believe you. It's something very. Interesting about the pose and the the dog in particular. Well, the dog is the dog is stuffed. I just realised because I don't think you can get a real dog to stand on a stone plinth like that. Um, so I'm guessing the dog doesn't move. Well, it's pretty good work if it is if it is taxidermy. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, yeah actually, or maybe the dog is just standing on a stone. That's, yeah, we, we, I guess we'll never know because I've no idea where that room is. It's a very fascinating looking place wherever it is. Yeah, let me check the because uh, there's a list of um, there's a photo list I believe in the back here. So that is on page two hundred and twelve. So 
Sorry, listeners. We're just doing a bit of research. So, while you're doing a bit of research... Yeah, 1980 I'm... modern Sorry, I stepped on you there. Oh, it's a it's a it's a uh, a modern print, um, uh, no, uh, printed from an image taken in 1980. It's a reproduction, so it's not based um, directly on one of her prints. It's a modern print, uh, a modern recreation of a image from 1980. Interesting. So I don't know. So something that strikes me. So I've been googling the New York. Uh, so just basically mistaken Evelyn Hoffer New York into Google Image Search to get a look at her New York work, and there's a surprising amount of monochrome shots here, mm. which I didn't see yeah. from her Dublin work. That's, that's a very interesting choice. A more traditional for street photography, uh, but a real yeah, concentration New York on books, shape. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it, I think she allows herself to be, uh, to be inspired by form. I mean, I think of, um, um, uh, Beatrice, I can't think of her of her surname. Um, that's a, uh, that Antonio is a huge fan of. Um, it's early; it's from the 30s, but it's a lot of facades and uh, light raking across the front of buildings and catching the texture of the buildings and the brownstones and so on uh, in black and white, just to see their form and their repetition. Yeah, like there's there's one here. I really mean, I don't know what I, I don't know what building it is. I guess if I was a New Yorker, I might know. But it's it's like this collection of high rise buildings that almost look like something a kid would make out of Lego because they step in as you go up. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and she's clearly just been captivated by the shape, which is rather cool. And then as a railway nut, there is <laughs> there's another one from New York that catches my eye, which is this long leading line up a very ordinary subway station platform towards a train off in the distance. And again, it's purely about shapes. It's it's monochrome, so it couldn't be about color if it tried. Um, yeah. it, there's not a human being in sight. It is purely the structure and the shape of the place. So very versatile, as well as uh, as well as being very original. I get a sense that there's a lot of early mornings here <laughs> when she's shooting oh. uh, when she's shooting New York, right? That, that, that's, um, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, um, which would obviously give more dramatic uh, light because... too. Exactly. Uh, and then she does some conventional street work, too. Um, like there's one there's one image of uh, the sort of the middle of an intersection somewhere in Manhattan and people are walking back and forth. It reminds me of my friend Mark Ryerson, where the shadows of the people who are sort of in silhouette and their shadows come towards the camera and they're, you know, you can sense the speed and the urgency at which they're moving. And he's kind of catching the morning light and the, the glare of that and the manhole covers um, and the, and the reflection off the street and the shadows of the people that are going back and forth uh, sort of like a traditional, um, you know, American, if you want to call it urban, hustle and bustle kind of scene and it's in monochrome it's a black and white picture um so she can she can flex to all these different muscles and uh it's uh extremely versatile you know, photographer i have to say absolutely I, you you chose you chose an extremely interesting photographer um and i, I thank you very much for the and an unsung angle. one i think i mean People in the photo business know who she is, and the rest of us Joe general public really don't. And uh, I think, you know, after a while when I thought, 
well, she did a book on Dublin and I'm talking to a guy living in Ireland. Maybe, maybe this would be a good choice. And she's often a go-to. Like if I, if I'm looking for a book uh, that I just want to read for the sake of reading, um, you know, which of the books that I have aren't like sort of like just the history of photography or just, you know, the books are created in a particular context. And then when you're looking at a retrospective, particularly of Hofer's, um, caliber i'm like you know what i know i'm going to feel good and i'm not going to have to work too hard to enjoy you know her work i have a feeling Um, this is going to prove to be a potentially expensive episode for me because oh 34 pounds for the for her dublin book in hardcover yeah i think amazon could just take my money on that one that's uh there you go see also uh, the uh i invite i was going to say the 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 book this big book that I got here the Evelyn Hofer retrospective book from two thousand four sold on the Steidl website for thirty five euros, and it's two almost three hundred pages. That's very good value I mean, for money. When when these books come up, like I I like to to peruse the Steidl website often to see if there's something that might interest me. Um, I mean he's a small press. Um, and he, you know, he creates the best, some of the best work in photography books that I've ever seen. I have a five-volume set of Gordon Parks collected works, which is my kind of crowning, my pride and joy of my library. And that was, that was uh, not even two hundred dollars Canadian uh, to get that those five books, and it came in sort of like a mini crate thing. I mean, really, they, you know. Wow. There's really good value to be had, and it's it's nichey, I guess. It's a it's a niche, but uh, you get some wonderful, wonderful things, and just the quality, the way they're printed, and the care that Gerhard takes when he's creating these books. It's uh, for me, it's the second to none. Well, literally, I've just hit checkout here, so uh, I have put my money where my <laughs> okay. mouth is. 30, I'll let 30. you finish the transaction. No, no, it's done. That's that is the. I don't know if oh, it's okay. a joy or the terror of Amazon. That one-click purchase thing. I don't know if it's brilliant or terrible. Uh, but uh, it's both. It, it's purchased. Yeah, even Hoffer Dublin. Uh, actually, there's a new issue of it coming out. They're reprinting it because its release oh, is 30th of June, 2022. So I've actually pre-ordered an, an Evelyn Hoffer. So there we go. Oh, nice. You you get it. We'll have as, to get together again and share your observations with me because I don't have that book. Do you know something? I would be absolutely delighted to. And uh, if yourself and Antonio want to do it as a as a return episode on you guys' show, I'm game for that too. Um, Ooh, all right, all right. We'll make a note. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, yeah, this is this is fantastic that it's a re-release. So I, this is I'm getting a brand new issue of a book. You you get a very special distinction here. You're the first guest to come out and get me to spend my actual money. So, during the show during actually. the show live on air I have spent my actual money I'll stick a link in the show notes if anyone else wants to follow me and spend their money too uh, but this really looks fascinating and obviously how could I, how could I not be interested in, in, in uh, such a lovely view of, of Ireland late you know the late 60s 50 and a bit years ago yeah yeah very interesting and this, this yeah. I've really loved this has been really good fun such a great choice thank you very much um, I have oh, been gathering links welcome. about all of the photographs we have talked about. Um, so they will be collected together into the show notes for the listeners so that they can go and peruse. And honest to goodness, folks, if you want to just lose half an hour of your life or more, just take Evelyn Space Hoffer into Google Image Search and hit go. 
And if you want to narrow it down to London or Mexico or New York or Dublin, you will get amazing results. But if you don't narrow it down at all, it's a most wonderful mix because I'm used to doing these and you get either a bunch of portraits or a bunch of architectural. But when you do this with Evelyn Hoffer, you just get photographs, you know, of yeah. people, of things, of colour, of form. Um, yeah, it's... And there is something immensely timeless because because of that, because the colour doesn't fade. It doesn't have that. The photos from the 60s don't look like photos from the 60s. So no. it, it, we think the world looked massively different back then, but it's actually not that different. Because when you, when you click into the images full size, they're just, they're people like us. They're just, you know, if you look really closely, it's like, oh, the gloves actually have wool on them. Like there's a New York policeman wearing gloves. And nowadays that'd all be, um, you know, synthetic materials, right? You wouldn't have actual yeah. wool and gloves. You'd have some sort of synthetic material that would get all sweaty. So it's only when you zoom into yeah. the tiny little details that you realize that you're looking at half a century ago. You know, for the rest of it, it's like I could reach out to you people today um, and the cars. <laughs> I think she may have been doing a bit of selection there very carefully. Um, there's there's one of the photographs where it's just like all of the most outlandish fenders you could ever possibly look at that sort of all collected in a yeah. car park. Um, supremely yeah, American. Early 60s Cadillacs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very American. Very much not what we would have had here. And actually, that's... That was taken within a year of the Dublin photographs. It's a very different world for both being the late 60s. Yeah, it is. That's also fascinating. Ward, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. I have had so much fun chatting with you. Um, do you That's want great. to let the listeners know where they can uh, read and look at more of your work? Sure. Um most of my time and energy goes to my Instagram account, <clears throat> which is Ward Rosin Fine Art, W-A-R-D-R-O-S-I-N, Fine Art. Uh, that's my Instagram account. I'm, and I'm also Ward Rosin Photography on Facebook. And I have a, a little website where I hawk some of my works and the rodeo book that my friend Mark Ryerson and I did a couple of years ago. And uh, that's uh, rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. And uh, that's basically it. That's how you'll find me. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, I, I might put a pin in this, but I, at some stage, uh, you know, give it a few months or whatever. But I would like to talk to you about the act of making a book, actually. I think I would love to have a conversation with you sure. about that rodeo book sometime. Um, sure. We'll bring yeah. Mark in on that, too, because he and I, what's funny is he and I have got together to talk about it a couple of times and our memories have have started to diverge. Mm. Um it's kind of funny. It's sort of like, uh, what is it that, you know, what I remember or what I want to remember about the process, yeah. which is also part of something going on. That Maybe is... it's just me and getting old. I don't know. Well, no, that's how memory works, right? Every time you remember something, you're recreating it because your brain only remembers the skeleton of it and then it fills in the color and then you write it back. Yeah. And the next time you recall it, you're 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 doing an imperfect copy of something of an imperfect copy of an imperfect copy. And so your memory does that's actually right. drift over time. So that's yeah. fascinating. Okay. Um, all of these links will be at letstalk.ie, where you will find uh, big blue buttons called support the show. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has supported the show. This is a 100% listener supported show. There are no advertisers. There are no sponsors, um, which sort of I want because I don't want to feel that I have to say nice things about people that may not feel nice about at the time. 
Um, so this show exists only because you guys support it and I am eternally grateful to all of you who do so and of course remember that support doesn't just mean money support also means telling a friend sharing on Instagram or sh- yeah sharing on Twitter sharing on Facebook sharing wherever all of that is extremely valuable writing a review so I appreciate absolutely everyone who has ever helped the show in any way anyway I have been your host Bart Bouchard so you can find me at bartb.ie and until next time happy snapping You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the geekiest show ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. Welcome.